Welcome to the second part of the series of how to love food and not overeat it. In this series, I'm going to share with you everything that I have learned that has allowed me to overcome overeating and be able to help you overcome this problem once and for all so that you reduce the over-desire for food, you reduce the emotional charge around food so that you can actually overcome this problem and not have food be taking up so much of your mental space and energy so that you can put your time and energy into things that you truly care about, the things that truly matter in your life and bring you long-term pleasure, your goals, your pursuits, your relationships, rather than think, constantly be thinking about food, constantly being stressed about food. If you did not watch the first part of this series, I will link it up here and in the description, but you can learn within that series, my story with overeating and also how to get into the mindset of someone who does not overeat, where overeating is not even a problem for them, and how to start becoming that person, how to learn to process your emotions so that you're not eating because you're solving for emotions of boredom or sad or stressed or disappointment, but rather learning to process it in healthy ways so that you don't have to overeat. And then we talked about how to the step-by-step -step process that I laid out of how you're going to stop overeating and you're going to slow everything down so that you can make better decisions around your food and you can stop yourself before you go down in this uh, negative cycle of constantly eating and afterwards feeling guilty and then overeating and feeling more guilty. So in this episode, we're going to focus on how to determine the difference between true hunger and just wanting a snack or just having desire for food when it is not for hunger. And then we're going to be talking about relating money psychology with food psychology and how similar these two things are so that you can better conceptualize these ideas and better apply it to your life. Because when we make comparisons with other things in our lives, with other challenges, we can truly see this problem better because we might have less emotional charge with money than we do with food. So if you're someone that is doing better with money than food, we can really focus on um, helping you make some comparisons and overcome this challenge a bit better. And then we're going to be talking about how to apply the right amount of discipline so that you're not overly restricting yourself and not allowing yourself to eat certain things, which is going to cause you to go on these uh, binging days or these cheat days. And also not being on the other end of things where you're just eating whatever you want, especially if you have certain weight loss goals, you will not be able to achieve it if you just give in to your every craving or if you just give in to um, eating everything that you want. And then I'm going to show you that once you get rid of using food as a way to cope with your negative feelings, but also as a way to find pleasure, to not just getting rid of that, but rather finding a new focus in your life that will allow you to get long-term fulfillment and give, get you to get dopamine in that direction rather than using food for it, rather than using overeating or overspending or things that will eventually self-sabotage and create a really difficult life for yourself. So the first chapter is determining your true hunger signals. When you're first starting this process, you're not going to really know too much the difference between actual hunger and when you are just having a craving for a snack or just rather looking for that dopamine hit instead of actually hungry and actually needing food. So when it comes to determining your true hunger signals, what's really going to help is creating consistent eating schedule times. 
So whatever amount of meals that you want to have per day, some people break it up into many meals. Some people have less meals, whatever works for you. I have it two times a day around 12 o'clock and around 6 p.m. So within those eating times, you can have the three meals, you can have more meals. Within those eating times, your body will have its cues that is going to be hungry around that time. And it's going to ex expect food at around that time as well. And it's also very healthy for your body to have consistent eating schedules versus eating all around the clock. So that alone will help you be hungry at the times that you're going to eat and to not constantly be making decisions throughout the day that every time you feel hungry, you're going to go eat. But if you have those consistent times, even if you are hungry, you're just going to be waiting until your next eating time. Now, even if you don't follow that, when you get that cue that you are hungry, you are going to first drink some water and you can add a pinch of salt to it so that it has some electrolytes. And to offset the taste, you can add some lemon or lime juice and you can drink that first. That way, sometimes our body thinks that you are hungry, like it sends a signal of hunger, but you are actually thirsty and you just need to be hydrated. A lot of us are not drinking enough water and we're constantly eating every time we get those cues rather than actually getting hydrated. So this way, you're going to be a lot more hydrated because you're going to first always drink some water, especially if it's outside of your eating times, because if it's your eating time and you're hungry, that's normal. But if it's outside of it, or if you don't have eating times and you're hungry, you can first be able to distinguish that by drinking water. And then if you are still hungry, you're going to just pay attention and bring some awareness to your stomach. So... This was like a weird thing to even do in the first place, but you're going to get more used to it. But actually paying attention to your stomach and being like, is it actually empty? Like, is it growling? Does it have that, like, you know, almost like that pain if it's actually um, hunger rather than it feels kind of full or it feels normal and you're having this craving for food. You might just be craving the food for the dopamine of it, for that, like, happiness that you're going to feel afterwards rather than the actual food in itself. So a way to kind of distinguish that as well is, are you craving the food that you're craving? Is it something that's um, nutritious or that's going to be really like satisfying in terms of like, it's going to have a lot of protein, nutrition, like it's like a um, chicken and vegetable, that type of food, or is it just more so I'm craving chocolate and I'm craving candies. And a really good way that Alex Ramosi put it in a video that I was watching was that um, if you ask yourself that what I want to eat right now, what I want to eat just like a plain chicken breast, that means you're actually hungry and you actually want the food because you're truly hungry rather than I just want a snack. So in this way, you will actually know if you are truly hungry so that you can go eat and enjoy the food that you're going to eat. I'm not saying don't enjoy foods, that you have to have like really plain foods or anything like that. But I realized that a lot of times when our body and we're used to overeating, we're actually looking for the happiness that we're going to feel when we're eating rather than actually being hungry. So if you're hungry, make sure you're learning how to distinguish those signals so that you're not having this problem. So the next chapter we're going to talk about is money psychology and food psychology. I used to really struggle with overspending and in order to really be able to work through and overcome this overeating problem, I started realizing that at one point money in general 
was such a stressor for me. I was constantly like almost every single day thinking about it, stressed about it. I was constantly overspending. I did not have any savings. I was constantly going into debt, even though I had a lot higher income than I did when I was in school. I was like going more and more into debt. And like within the past year, I've realized that money has become such an easy topic for me because I worked through it for a very long time. I had to go through and actually overcome those challenges, but it flows easily to me. It's not really anything that's on my mind anymore. When I get a lot of money, I'm really appreciative of it. I'm, I love the things that I can buy with it, but it's also like not everything to me. Like it's not this like super amazing, like dopamine hit when I get money or when I buy things, I still enjoy it. But at the same time, I'm not in these like cycles of overspending and constantly like feeling scarcity around money. So what I started doing is I started comparing money psychology to food psychology. In all these scenarios, I'm going to be talking about money and I want you to replace that with food. First thing we're talking about is what I have is enough. So not having the scarcity mindset around money, when you have scarcity mindset around money and you think that what I have is not enough, that I need more, I need more money, that's the problem in my life. What happens, there's two things that usually happen. You're either hoarding your money or it's the other situation where you feel like you don't have enough money, you're stressed, and as a way to deal with that stress, you overspend. I've had clients that I work with and we go through this model. I used to do this as well. And it's it's something that we do subconsciously because it doesn't make sense, right? We think we don't have enough money and then we go and spend it so we have even less money. So when it comes to food, what you really want to practice is that what I have is enough. What you have on your plate is enough so that you don't need to be stressed or worried about this finishing and not having enough. Therefore, needing to go and find more foods or um, needing to seek for the next thing that you want to eat but what you have is enough and even when it comes to putting some restrictions around your eating not too much restrictions but some let's say you start to have regular eating patterns not constantly having the scarcity and stress around your food that you're not going to have enough to last you until your next eating time so that was something that I was dealing with when I was having when I first started the 12 p.m to 6 p.m eating times and having those two that it's not going to be enough for me and it's not going to last. But we're going to realize is that what you have is enough. Even when I go to the gym before my eating time, before I was like, oh, I'm not going to have enough energy. But what you have, like the fuel and the glycogen stores that you have is enough to be able to fuel that workout and more, especially if you are overweight and you have a lot of fat. Those fat are actually energy stores. So you have enough fuel to last you until your next meal. It's just our fear that it's not going to be enough. You're not going to go and truly be hungry and starve to death because you did not eat for a couple hours or you did not eat for a day even. Not that I'm suggesting not eating for a day. The next concept is actually being patient for what you want and knowing that more will come to you, that there is enough, there's an abundance of it, more is going to come and there will always be enough. So when it comes to money, <laughs> having that abundance mentality, that your money is not going to go anywhere. Sometimes people have that like scarcity of, oh, the money just goes away. Like, I don't know where it goes. And therefore I need to like spend it while it's here because it just disappears, that type of thing. So when it comes to your food, there is enough of it. You don't need to finish it all today. You don't need to have everything today. 
there will be more tomorrow and the next day. And over your lifetime, there will be many snacks and amazing, delicious foods that will come. You don't need to have all of it today. Even if you go to a special event and there's food that you normally don't get to try, you get to have parts of it. And then there will always be more food that you can go out and buy, more snacks you can go out and buy at any time you want. That's why sometimes I would have a hard time when I would go over to people's homes and at one point, like my friend had a snack party, you know, everyone brought all these snacks and that was already like maybe not the greatest idea to go to. But it's just realizing that, oh, like if you're thinking I won't get to try these snacks another time, so I got to have all of it today. It's like you can go out there and buy whenever you want. There's food will always be there. You don't have to finish things all today. Now, when it came to money, an old fear that I used to have is that if I think that there is enough money, if I don't have scarcity around it, I used to tell my coach that then I would overspend it because I would think that there's enough. But when we really talked about it and now knowing what I know in terms of finances, when you think that you, what you have is enough, you start to truly value money and you only spend it on things that matter to you. So the old cycle of when it came to money was, it's not going to be enough. It would cause that scarcity mindset. You'd be like, okay, what's the point anyways? It's not going to be here tomorrow. So I would overspend it. And then that would cause the guilt. And then I would cause more overspending. Now, the new model I have around money, the new thoughts that I have around money is that there is enough of it. There's an abundance of it. It flows to me easily that it is amazing, but it doesn't mean everything. Now, this is causing me to truly value money and spend on things that I truly care about. And it also is allowing me to appreciate the things that I'm buying with the money and spend it on things that I truly care about, appreciate those things, take care of them, and not be overly stimulated when I buy something either. Now, when it comes to food, the thoughts that you might be having is that it's not enough and you have that scarcity mindset around it. Some of the thoughts you might be thinking is might as well go all the way. I'll start fresh tomorrow. I might not be able to try this food again. I need to finish this food. Going back to our last episode where we were talking about um, needing to finish the food to not waste it. So having those thoughts, having those scarcity mindset that will cause you to overeat, cause you to feel guilty and overeat again. So new thoughts around food that you can have is that there's an abundance of it. It's not going anywhere. I can get food whenever I want, wherever I like. There will be always more that it, food is great. I love it, but it doesn't mean everything either. That there's an abundance of food and it's never ending, that it's easy. There's no drama, that the concept of even like needing to finish it does not make sense because there's an abundance of it. There will always be more. There will always be tomorrow there. I can get food whenever I want. I can buy the food whenever I want and I can try many foods in my lifetime. I don't need to finish it today. And this will have you only eating things that you truly care about that bring nutrition and that bring variety. So foods that you enjoy to eat, but also foods that are actually nutritious. You're not eating just for the sake of finishing things. You're not eating just for the fear of not having enough. And this way you will actually appreciate and enjoy the foods you get to experience and you get to eat, but it's also not overly stimulating. It's not everything. Going back to that money mindset of if I were to think that it's not enough, then I wouldn't overspend, but that was causing the overspending. So even when it comes to food, if you were to truly think that what you have is enough, then you would actually slow down. Like we talked about in the last video, you would slow down. You would enjoy what's on your plate. You would enjoy every bite. You would take longer chewing and you would enjoy the food more versus 
trying to get to the next fight. When it comes to you truly valuing your money, you would spend it on things that you truly care about. If you were to truly value your food, you would only spend it on things that you care about and maybe save on things that are not as important to you. So when it came to going on this fat loss journey and building lean muscle, I stopped spending it on things that were not as important to me. So for example, with my drinks, I don't spend any calories on my drinks. I drink black iced coffee and I drink black teas and I drink water. I rarely drink any alcohol. I don't drink sodas or juice or anything liquid form that causes me to actually consume any calories. Now, you might be someone that is really into their drinks and really into their like type of coffee that you have with like milk and sugar and whatever else you want to put in there. And you might want to spend more of your calories on those things that you care about. But cutting back on these things, I can spend more calories on foods that I get to eat. Or before, I would spend a lot more calories on snacks because I was going through the process of actually teaching myself how to be okay with not wanting to eat 100% healthy and actually uh, getting myself to incorporate junk food every day into my food, into my meals so that I get over this constant need to be 100% perfect. And after I got over that, I just have less desire for junk food. So I just don't have it as much anymore. But realize that you can spend your calories on what you actually care about and save some on the things that you do not and you are more okay with um, making those compromises. Same thing when it comes to your finances. That's how you get to save saving on things that are not as important to you, but spending on things that you care about. Now, another thing that you can really try is when it comes to money, if you want to overcome the scarcity mindset and have a more abundance mindset, you want to not spend every amount of money that you receive. People with a scarcity mindset think that there's not enough money and the solution to their problem is to just get more money. But usually if you were to give them more money, if you give them a higher salary, like how I got a higher salary, I was actually still going into more debt. So they think that the solution is more money, but they end up spending more of that. There's millionaires that live paycheck to paycheck. So a lot of times it's not actually the money that's the problem. So trying to get over the scarcity mindset it is really helpful to be able to leave part of it and give it away. So I always give 10% of my salary away, whether that's in gifts or if I need to give money to someone so that what I have always feels like enough and it feels like more than enough that I can actually give away part of it, give away 10% of it. Now, when it came to my eating, one of the things that I struggled with that I talked about in my last episode was that I would have the need to finish things so that I would feel like I uh, should not be wasting that thing. So I would need to finish it so it doesn't get wasted. So what I did, and even like overcoming this, like it's not going to be enough food on my plate, I would leave a part, a portion of my food on my plate and I would just throw it out. And what this really helped me to do was overcome this fear of it's not going to be enough and overcome needing to finish things in order to not waste it. Especially when I go out to eat, majority of places will have a lot more starchy carbs like bread and rice and potatoes than you actually need to build lean muscle. Like the portions that our Western society normally has on when you go out to eat are going to be a lot more starchy carbs and usually like less protein less vegetables. So in order to be able to 
have more protein, have more vegetables, and just less of those starchy, starchy carbs, I leave like I always leave part of that, so that again there's enough. It creates that abundance mentality. But even before, when it came to just eating all my meals, I would leave portions of it. Even if when it comes to your snacks, eat like learning to just leave a part of it is really going to help you not constantly feel the need to finish things and overeat on things. If you've gotten any value out of this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you can like this video, subscribe to my channel. If you're on podcasts, give it a follow and leave a review. Thank you. So the next chapter is discipline and how to apply the right amount of discipline so that you're having some form of restriction, but it's not too hard to follow that. And you're not going too overboard where you're going into that toxic mentality that you need to be 100% perfect at this. So to start this off, I, as I was eating and sitting down, if you followed my last video's step-by-step process of not overeating, you know that you should be getting rid of all distractions and chewing your food 30 to 60 times, slowing everything down. And as I was thinking and looking at my dad's canary, (laughs) I started to think about why aren't wild animals overweight? And how do they get to eat normally and not overeat on things and not be obese and deal with the things that we deal with as humans? So a couple of things that I started realizing is that wild animals do not have access to highly calorie dense foods that are processed, that are full of sugar. So that is something that is going to really help them not overconsume calories. It's going to, they're going to feel very full and that will prevent them from eating more because the foods that they're eating are not calorie dense, like the processed foods that are created in our society. The other thing is that they are active. They are walking around. They don't necessarily, not all of them run. They're walking around. They're not sitting sedentary in their behind the desk all day. And another one bonus point is that they don't have TVs, so they're not eating when they're distracted. They're they have a more conscious awareness around their eating. So this example is just to demonstrate that, like I talked about in my last episode, when you slow down your eating and when you're chewing every bite thirty sixty times, it's going to prevent you from overeating. However, If you're eating very calorie dense foods, if you have a McDonald's combo, which is over a thousand calories in that one sitting, you are going to overconsume calories, but it will probably still be a lot better than what it was before. If um, it's the same diet, you're just slowing everything down. But at the same time, like just the calories in that drink, that soda drink, it's going to be a lot plus all the calories in the food and all the um, processed foods that you're going to eat, they are going to be calorie dense. And if it is, if it has a lot of sugar, it's going to cause a glucose spike and it's cause, going to cause you to want to eat more. So that's why in the food industry, they have put sugars in a lot of products. Even if it doesn't taste sweet, there's some sugar added in there because it's going to cause that glucose spike and uh, trigger you to want to eat more. That is going to be, be beneficial to the food industry. So when you start to eat less processed foods, it's going to be hard to overeat on calories because less processed foods have a lot of fiber in them. If you're eating a lot of vegetables and fruits mixed in with your food, they have a lot of fiber. They're going to cause you to feel more full. And especially if you're eating more protein in there, you're going to feel more full and you're not going to be as easily overeating. And another point with that is that 
again, these pro this process of like slowing everything down and chewing everything slowly, it is going to help a lot without overeating. But at the same time, eating the food is going to have that dopamine releasing effect. And especially if you worked on the psychology of it, it is going to be a lot easier to not overeat. But at the same time, you do need to practice still some constraints when it comes to your eating. It is still a natural, like biological thing for us to seek dopamine. So having that some sort of constraint and not overly constraining yourself, but slowly step by step, I'm going to maybe count my calories and stay within this amount of calories per day. That might be step one. Or the step two would be, okay, I'm going to have these regular eating times, eating windows. And then step number three might be, um, I'm going to just reduce the amount of processed sugars that I, or the processed foods that I'm going to have and the sugars that I'm going to have. It is still some constraint around your eating so that you can slowly push yourself to progress, but not really reach for perfection. So that is a really important caveat here is to not reach for perfection because it is unrealistic and it is unattainable. I personally do not know a single person that has reached for perfection around their dieting and actually reached it. So even think about in your past, how many times you have gone through the cycle of trying to reach for 100% perfect in eating no processed foods, no sugars, 100% healthy, zero snacks. It does, it's just not sustainable. And that restriction of completely cutting something out or completely even cutting carbs out, long term like we're talking about habits and behaviors that we can sustain for the rest of our lives so that your weight loss goals or the figure that you want or the health goals that you want are actually sustainable for the rest of your life this is not just like a short-term thing and the problem with setting our expectations as reaching for perfection is that we get disappointed by our expectation not by reality so if your expectation is something that cannot be met you might be overly disappointed and it will discourage you from moving forward in this process and actually getting to the other side of it where you have no drama around food and that you can actually reach your goals and maintain those results. If you're constantly getting disappointed because expectations are, I need to be 100% perfect and you don't reach those because that's not possible and you do it for a little while and then you whatever relapse or you binge eat or you have those cheat days, then you are going to constantly go through all this like guilt or disappointment of it and not reach the other side. All I want you to really reach for is progress. Once like your discipline is going to keep building as you go through this process and you're going to be able to have better eating habits as you keep going. So it might not be just from day one, everything is going to be perfect, but you're going to just keep progressing. And that's all you want in any area of your life is progress. So going for a rule of 80-20 rule, 80% whole foods, non-processed, no sugar, 20% processed sugar, whatever you want, is going to be a really healthy way or a better way to be able to go through this instead of just reaching for perfection. And I do want you to consider eating those like fun foods or junk foods um, when you get to experience things outside, when it's a, like a birthday party, when it's some food that you want to try rather than um, because you're stressed or sad or disappointed, because if that could actually solve the issue. <laughs> and if you were every time you were sad or upset and you had junk food and it helped, I would tell you to do it. But you know, you already know that it just leads to a bigger problem and it never actually solves. Like you just crave more and more junk food and it goes in that cycle. So consider having your 20 and enjoying that 20% of whatever food you want to eat 
but um, just be careful as using it for a band-aid fix for solving negative emotions. You might want to revert back to that last episode of how to process your emotions in a better way. So the last chapter we're going to be talking about is how to seek your dopamine from something that is going to provide long-term benefits in your life rather than getting it from food. So as human beings, it is natural for us to seek dopamine. Everything we do is to either pursue pleasure or the possibility of pleasure or to avoid pain and the possibility of pain. So you don't want to be able to beat yourself up for wanting food as a form of dopamine. All you want to do is find a way to be happy that is more long-term gratifying rather than short-term and self-sabotaging. So the long-term ones, it's a milder form of dopamine, is a mild form of kind of happiness in life that you're going to receive rather than having these spikes and then also these dips as well. And even though it is normal for us to want to seek for dopamine and to find forms of pleasure, you also need to learn how to not be overly stimulated all the time and even consider going on a dopamine detox where you don't need to constantly be listening to things all the time, whether that's even educational like podcasts or watching shows all the time or um, going on your phone all the time, eating all the time. Um, spending all the time, like all these different things that we use to kind of fill up our time and learning to be okay with boredom. Like boredom is not a problem as long as if like if you learn how to be okay with with being bored and lonely and all the other negative emotions, you will be able to save yourself from a lot of unnecessary suffering in your life. So it is okay to be bored. It is okay to slow your life down. And the best ideas come to us when we're not consuming. A lot of these ideas around food and everything that I can help you guys with, a lot of them came to me while I was slowing things down, reflecting and also eating very slowly and just thinking about food and life. And I work in healthcare and I get to see the effects of people going down these dark paths because they have not learned how to deal with their negative emotions and needing to be constantly stimulated, whether people having COPD and lung cancer and continuously still smoking or people who have um, alcohol abuse they have liver disease their stomachs are like this huge they're in so much pain they're still drinking people who are obese and they're 400 500 pounds and can't even like move around and they're just laying in bed sedentary and you have to do everything for them other people have to take care of them it is very hard things to see, even with drug and alcohol addiction, like people being beyond functional and like urinating themselves. It's very hard things to see. And that's one of the main reasons that I want to help people really reduce their suffering and not get to that. So if you don't learn how to deal with your daily negative emotions and process those emotions, find a healthy way to deal with those Unfortunately, that is a lot of the issues that we all deal with. We use one thing or another to try to band-aid fix all those problems. What I just want you to quickly understand is that when it comes to reaching for these things for dopamine, when we go for food to try to get ourselves to be happier, there is a dopamine spike, especially if you are eating foods that is like highly processed, a lot of sugar, so that you can feel happier. There's that dopamine spike, but what happens is that the dopamine does not go back to baseline, but it actually dips below baseline. And that's why in any forms of addiction, the person goes back to what was giving them that happiness feeling, that dopamine. And what they need is more of it to be able to have that same level of spike. And then what happens is it actually keeps going lower 
below baseline. So if you keep going, it's going to just, you're going to end up feeling a lot worse and a lot less dopamine than when you started. And that's why overeating and binge eating, you don't feel happy at the end and feel amazing. You feel pretty shit and you get worse, you're worse than you started and you still feel whatever negative feelings, whether that was loneliness, boredom or stress, that feeling just comes back. So what I want you to pay attention to is that when people quit their form of drug that they are addicted to, so whether that is food or any other forms of like overspending or whether that's um, alcohol, when they quit that, they sometimes turn to something else that will provide them dopamine that is also self-destructive. So sometimes people quit smoking and then they turn to food and they get overweight. So what I want you to be careful of and bring awareness to is when once you overcome this problem, your brain will want to find another way to look for dopamine. So again, we're not judging ourselves for having this natural instinct to want to find pleasure in life. But what I want you to start focusing on is finding a mission, a purpose to dedicate your life to that will prevent you from all these pitfalls of overeating, over drinking, over spending, over social media, <laughs> or going after things for the sake of attention or for the sake of money or for the sake of things that will not truly matter to you. But actually finding a purpose, something to dedicate your life, something to wake up and keep working on and keep honing your skills and keep improving on a way to actually provide value for people and serve people that will be a win-win situation for everyone that will be what will truly give your life purpose and meaning and help you stay away from using all these other things to substitute for um, the pleasure you want to feel in life. So really dedicate your life to finding your life's purpose and excelling at that. Your goal achievements, the continuous process of progressing in your life and improving yourself will provide an ecstasy that is unmatched to all the other things that we've talked about that we try to find pleasure in because these are going to be long term and it is going to just be a different type of happiness it's going to be like more fulfilling, more true. You want to lose yourself in this goal, in this purpose and make your life, dedicate your life about achieving this purpose. There was a lot of overdoing things in my life. I used to overdrink and party and that's how I used to feel stimulated and find pleasure in life. And then I had to overcome overspending and using money as a way to be overly stimulated and find all the pleasure in life. And then it was overeating and also even when it comes to like having toxic relationships because we can get those like amount of dopamine and pleasure when there's the highs of those toxic relationships versus um, when it comes back down so when I actually started to remove all these things in my, from my life it started to feel kind of boring and I'm like okay what's I guess the pleasure in life what's going to be getting me excited and I started leaning more into my purpose leaning more into my business goals and you really just focusing on this life purpose, focusing on being more of value, focusing on truly helping people and the pleasure that I get from people actually finding value in what I have to share. People actually finding value when I'm coaching them and seeing them change their lives. That Those are going to provide a lot of dopamine. And that is the only reason why I'm not replacing this with something else. So look at your life and I want you to start to overcome not just the overeating, but 
all the other issues that we've talked about. But you will, as a human, want to find ways to seek pleasure, and it is normal. So find a way to life's purpose, goals that you can continue to progress in, because it's about the progression that will bring us happiness and fulfillment, not any destination that you reach in any goal, whether that's your body weight goals, fitness goals, whether that's your uh, business or life purpose goals. It's just a progression. So find those goals, find that purpose and dedicate your life to it so that you cannot use food or anything else to um, be able to supply that happiness and pleasure in life for you. If you're someone that is struggling with overeating or if you have a certain weight goal that you want to accomplish or you have a certain healthy lifestyle that you want to build for yourself, I can help you accomplish that. What I do as a life coach is I help you with the psychology of change and being able to find the root cause of what's causing you to overeat or what's causing you to stay at where you are in life and how we're going to help you accomplish the goals that you want. And every step of the way, we uncover more beliefs and we practice new thoughts and I can help you be able to take the actions you need to take consistently to get the results that you want and actually be able to maintain it for the rest of your life. We're not talking about quick fat loss and um, fat diets where they're not sustainable. We're talking about lifestyle goals and changing your identity. These are permanent solutions. So if you are interested, you can fill out the coaching application. And within this coaching application, you will get a chance to book a free uh, coaching conversation where you can actually experience the coaching transformation firsthand and experience what coaching is like. And within that session, I will be able to see if you qualify to coach with me. And if you do qualify to coach with me, I have a 100% money back guarantee. If after the coaching package, you do not have the results that we agreed on in that session. So that is all for this episode. I will see you next week with another one. Bye.